I forgot how much I hate the mall. I don't go anymore. It's weird. It's maybe, so maybe weird. We can, maybe we can talk about that. because we <laughs> The mall when we were growing up was so very different. And just, you know, culturally, everything was so I have thoughts. I have thoughts on the mall. Fuck it. This is how the episode starts. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Midnight Connection, the podcast where two dads talk about anything they want at the only time they can. And tonight, we have a special episode as we start at, what, 1.50 in the morning? Yeah, that's right. Setting new records. But we are thankful to be back with you guys again after a week off. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed taking a look at some of the sample recordings that Chris and I did before the summer started. Um, those recordings were really fun for us and it's actually what motivated us to keep going, even though we didn't want to share any of them, but maybe we'll, <laughs> <laughs> they'll all come out eventually. They'll all come out eventually. <laughs> exactly. And you'll realize, oh, they already talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's content people. It's content. It's good. Okay. A little but, bit uh, of a rehash, whatever. Exactly. Well, today we'll start off with a connection question, as we always do. And even though it's been two weeks, I had written this connection question last week, Chris, because my household was under complete sickness Mm. from everyone in my house was sick. It was a terrible time. So the question I came up with is, how do you handle sickness in the house as a family? Okay. Interesting this comes up now because... We, I think it's we. We think right now it's a cold. Mm. I don't have it. You know, you you're the strong one. No, and then the crate. <laughs> your body's like no. And I was just traveling. See, everyone figured I would have it because I was traveling. Mm. Didn't get it. Also, whenever the family comes down with the flu, this has happened at least twice. I don't get it. Are you just you're just immune? You got the I, the yeah. dad antibodies. That's I put all my skill points into. Into dead into bodies. Dead <laughs> to bodies. Dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. That's when you're top tier. Yes, 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 yes. That's dead hilarious. Yeah. I maxed out my data bodies, so I they, they just it just doesn't get me. And now that I've said it and put it out there, it's, <laughs> Next it's week, gonna get it's gonna get show me. canceled. Chris cannot talk. <laughs> Pulling out the old episode because Chris has the flu. That's right. Interesting. Yeah, so there's a flu. So Callum has it. So he, and which sucks, you know, he's almost three months old, but he, it's not like he's going to go blow his nose or anything. So exactly. It's the he's worst. Always, yeah. He's always got a runny nose. Sounds like he's choking every five minutes, but he doesn't have a fever. Uh, it's just frustrating for him, you know? Yeah. Trying to nurse or drink and it's hard. So he has some trouble getting to sleep. We think, so I think it started with Benji. Either had a cold or maybe it was allergies because he had a he's got a cough that's kind of been lingering. Mm. Also, no fever. Had a little bit of runny nose, kind of going away. Now Io is sort of coughing. No one's got fevers, and then Francis has had allergies for a while. But we're thinking she might have gotten this cold too. Yeah. So I guess it kind of depends on the situation, right? 
and who's sick? Because if Callum is sick, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. He's going to be all over mom. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. She's the uh, first to go. Yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily, I mean, you know, COVID was a whole different thing. We tried to isolate when that happened, but it eventually got it worked its way around. But yeah, when 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 the flu okay, so when the flu comes, they've all had the flu. Yeah, and I will take care of all of them, and I won't give two shits. You know, like I'm I'm in the bed. I'm you're in it. Yeah, I'm in there. No and mask, like, no nothing. Yeah, I mean, it might be more. It might be sensible to wear a mask now, but you know, it's just like I'm I'm in there. So you know, we don't really. If we can isolate somebody, we probably would. Yeah. But. Well, it's hard with three hard. kids. It's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So somebody yeah. is likely to get it. Yeah, what, what did you guys end up doing? Well, I think it was any time it seems like that my household goes through sickness, it starts with Thea and then it goes to Steph mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Like they'll probably a couple hours behind each other. And then two to three days later, I will get it. Okay. But it sucks because Thea's better at sleeping now, and the sleep training's been going well, like I talked about a couple episodes ago. But when she's sick, it's just can't breathe. Mm -hmm. You know, she's a stomach side sleeper. Terrible. Like, we'll just wake up crying and all that kind of noise. Yeah. And since I gig a lot, like that week, uh, two weeks ago, they were both sick. I had on Saturday a recording session for three hours in the morning, after, early afternoon. And then I had a three hour cover gig mm-hmm. where I like sing and belt for both bands. Mm-hmm. And, I, and on Thursday or on the Wednesday, when everyone was like at the height of their sickness, it was just, I, I wore a mask. And I was like, mm-hmm. I cannot. Because if <laughs> I get sick, it's all over. I'm going to have the worst fucking time possible. Uh-huh. And it sucked even more because we didn't want to get our parents sick. So yeah. Steph and I didn't take any time off of work. Steph was watching Thea while working and I would come up to help whenever I could. So it was just like a tough ass week. Yeah. But we do try to isolate as much as possible. That way one of us is always good to go. Right. Which means like I pull out like a floor mattress <laughs> I'm like, you know what? This is going to be the way it's going to go. I'm in the other room. Yes. There's there's um, some of the strongest snoring happens when you're on NyQuil. You know? <laughs> and I don't say that for Steph. I say that for me. Apparently, I snore a lot more than I realize. Really? <laughs> I figure it's because I just get no sleep at all. So it's like, you know, I lay down. It's like, bam. Boom, like, you're done. Straight <laughs> Straight, straight. We don't have time to figure out this whole breathing thing out. (laughs) Just maximum breathing. Yeah. So you know, whatever it sounds like is what it sounds like. Yeah. No, but I will say the worst thing with a sick baby is the mucus. Yeah. The nonstop mucus, and I was not fully prepared for all the different ways that you remove mucus, and it comes out on its own. It rare. I mean, yes. Like it drip he, drips. He has Callum has given us a projectile vomit two days in a row. Oh my god. Oh yeah, because of the mucus. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. It's been great, great times. What do you use? Do you use a little bulb thing. 
Uh, no, we have found the bulb thing to just be useless. Interesting. We got it. We go with the Frida nose sucker. Yes. That was recommended to us by my boy, John. You can't beat that thing. That thing is pretty good. That thing is pretty good. We had, uh, we use the bulb a lot, actually. Thea allows us to use the bulb (laughs) because that's really what it comes down to is whether or not your kid will allow you to use the bulb because, you know. But she also has this like electric sucker. Oh. That like has a light on the tip of it. So it's distracting enough. Interesting. To be able to catch her attention and then is that like an angler fish type situation? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I so, didn't know they have an electric one? Yeah. Yeah. It's I gotta USB charge it or else I'm oh fucked. Oh my god. Yeah. Can you manual? Suck it. You cannot, not with that machine, but that's why we have the bulb. Mm. Right. And they're used for different purposes because we've got it down to a science now. Okay. Where okay. it's like, enlighten me. All right. So if it's uh, like at the tip surface, loose mucus, mm-hmm. bulb mm-hmm. all the way. Okay. It's just so much easier. You can get a bunch, dump it out, you're good to go. Do you but have if a transparent bulb? No. Actually, okay. Stephanie just got one because our original bulb. Just uh, died on us and split. I was guessing. I didn't even know they made it. So the fact that they do have one. They do. Just okay. so you can see how disgusting <laughs> your child it's time is. you get a new one. That's right. Because uh, the real, how do you clean that shit? How do you? You can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't. You, you can try. You, you, you can try. You That's the thing. Yeah. You, you have this false sense of sterilization. Yeah. There's no, 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 no way no, no, in no. No. There's nothing. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, fuck, what was I saying? The, oh, uh, yes. So science. the surface shit. Yeah, the yeah. surface <laughs> shit is the bulb. If it's that real sticky, like mm-hmm. back of the nose shit, mm-hmm. then we use the electric one. It has three different speeds, three different intensities. Wow. Yes. And it goes in and it just cleans it up. And then, of course, you got to go with the old school, like menthol rub on the chest. You Okay. I was, was going to ask if you guys do the menthol, you know, Vix type thing, or do you do the saline? We do a combination. The okay. okay. I think in the beginning, when Thea was younger, we did the menthol Vix mm-hmm. move. Yeah, but as she got older and would allow us to do the nose saline, we did that. And if it gets super bad in the middle of the night, Steph and I will take her into the bathroom, just turn the shower. Yeah. On super hot and just like sauna it up for 15 minutes while using the bulb and the machine. And Ooh, that's speaking of, I need to, <laughs> you just reminded me I'm supposed to go and kick on the humidifier. Oh my God. Go do that. For exactly that reason. <laughs> Emergency yeah, it's fine. pause. It's fine. I'll, no, I'll get, I'll get, it's fine. Later no on, you're going to have so much mucus. I know. He's already sleeping. So that's fair. And we have the humidifier in there, of course. It's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. No one told me it would be so much. I, I was just going to say, you don't realize it until the first sickness falls on you. And you're just like, I don't I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's just so miserable. Like, poor poor babies. Yeah. It's like, just blow your nose. Yeah. They can't do, they can't do that. What a crowding achievement that's going to be once my daughter learns how to blow her nose. Oh, we, we tried to teach them real quick. Really? <laughs> yeah. Are they good with it? Yeah, the kids are great at it now. Man. But it is, it it sucks. 
Because there sometimes there's just nothing you can do when they're crying it all up, and and of course the crying makes it worse. So yes, oh my god, there's nothing worse than having the <laughs> child on like. So one of the hacks that Stephanie figured out was having Thea on the changing table, uh-huh. and while she's lying on her back, it's the easiest to distract her and do the bulb and or mm. machine. But when it's really bad, like I always thought it was just in fucking animes where they have like the snot bubble. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's legit. <laughs> oh my God, it's real. I swear to God, the first time I saw Thea blow a snot bubble, I was like, holy shit. Am I watching anime right now? I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. Parenting slice of life, man. has been two weeks what what have you been up to in these two weeks uh, well i was on a business trip which was um you know and i tried i i tried my best dude i brought my whole setup i brought the mic the little usb you know power thingamajigger i brought everything yeah. man i can't even imagine for for those of you listening pulling the curtain behind a little bit we did try <laughs> to record last week try to be due diligent dads mm-hmm but it just did not work out. It, it's weird because I think it. I think it was crashing because my hard drive was overheating. Because mm. it happened once when we were playing um, First Ascendant the other night. Just too much but data. I, I I don't know why. Really weird. Well, but yeah, we tried. So we, I was there. Um, yeah, it was good. I was glad I went. It's interesting, kind of getting there and getting they. You know, they got me on stage for a little bit. And everything, but I've only been there for like two months. Amen. So they recognize the natural <laughs> leadership. Uh, they, I don't know. They recognize something. Maybe, maybe that was the test. <laughs> yes. I, I, like, uh, just throw him up there. See, and see, see how, how he does. does. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I, I think I did pretty good, pretty yeah. well. Did you socialize? They seemed, they seemed pleased. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I met like a carbon copy of me, but in Costa Rica. Oh wow! Shout out, shout out to you, JP. It's my, it's my boy. He, he's, he's going to hear this eventually because nice. he's listening. Nice. Well, welcome, we have JP. A, a listener in Costa Rica. Yeah, I mean, work trips are interesting. I suck at socializing, even though it might not seem that way. And I'm always at the end of the night after, like, because I go to a lot of like conferences and seminars. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're doing shit for eight hours with people. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's like, let's go get dinner, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> but we already had lunch <laughs> together. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just want to go back to my hotel room and watch YouTube videos about <laughs> why this- Deus Ex is the best game ever. <laughs> this was I, I appreciated my time with JP because we were like every time we would like talk about something, we would discover another like similarity or connection thing. So it was really good. That's dope. Uh, but you know the whole the whole team was great. Got That's to eat at the. Uh, we had dinner at the president's house. The president's house, like that for my business unit. Not, oh, okay. Not like the. Oh, I was like, no. oh shit! You were at Biden's house, bro. <laughs> yeah, no. no. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was nice. He's a great guy. Real nice. And now the question that everyone wants to know: Did you mobile game or portable I, I, game? I brought the Steam Deck. Played some Armored Core. I also started. Dave the Diver. Oh, shit. I hear a lot of great things about that game. 
it's a it's a nice little loop. Yeah. I, I think I'm approaching the first boss, maybe. I hear that the gameplay changes as you progress. Mm, yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's like very much a resource gathering kind of thing. I, I get I don't I don't know how complex it's gonna get. So right mm. now the only thing I'm doing is diving to get fish and then selling said fish at the sushi restaurant. Oh wow. Which is cool. That's enough for some people. And then and, and I'm seeing, you know, the weapons change, the gear changes. I'm upgrading my scuba gear. It's nice. interesting. I'm definitely gonna get back in there. I have seen no gameplay of this game. I just hear great things. Yeah, I did, I did all. It's, I was playing those two games primarily, but I need to make room for Cyberpunk very soon. Hey, you said so, you were going to start that like a month ago. Well, I was considering it, and then I figured I was just going to wait because I wasn't going to get so far into it that when the update came oh, out, that's right, the patch. Yeah, so I, you know, just I'll just wait. So. That's coming out in a couple days as of this recording. And they even recommended you start a new game. So it works out. Boom. I go back and forth on whether or not I want to start a new game. I probably will not. For Cyberpunk? Yeah. You said you tried it, right? I did I tr- twice. But didn't I, stick with you? No. Well, I mean, the first time I probably shouldn't count since I did it when it first came out. And, and it, it was, was trash. Broken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was utter trash. Okay. These past two weeks... Sorry. What? I just, just got a text. <laughs> Francis says, Steph and I should do the morning connection. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Is she talking you to should. Steph right now? No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I think she's listening. Oh. <laughs> that, would be, that would be freaking awesome. That would be pretty awesome, actually. What would they say? About, I don't know. What do they say about us? They'd probably be like, those motherfuckers stay up so late. <laughs> Too goddamn late. Too fucking late. I just Straining want them to help with the, with the kids. kids. <laughs> Can I get some freaking sleep? Yes. Welcome back, everyone, to the last episode of the Midnight Connection. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. <laughs> no, so the, the ride's over. Yeah, the ride's over. I've been trying to get back on a workout regimen these past two weeks. Okay. Um, so I hate working out. It's my least favorite thing probably ever, but I understand that it's necessary, especially because I want to be around longer for Thea and just generally keep my mobility. Right. Mm -hmm. I've had a gym membership for like a year and a half and I've been going very sporadically, but I finally have gotten to the point of like setting up a system where I'm going every other day. Nice. Yeah, and I spend about an hour there, 45 minutes to an hour, um, usually front-loading cardio for like 18 to 20 minutes and then doing some machines and stuff like that. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but <laughs> <laughs> but God damn it, I'm in there. But you're doing it. That's, but that's, I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking soreness, man. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a real... Uh, it's a bitch at first. It's a bitch. Yeah. And then and then you turn the corner and it's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that part. So yeah, see so you, you once it's like you you reach the point where if you spent the, that's like your payoff, right? If you spend the time at the gym and then you don't feel anything, it's like why'd you even go? Right? That's very fair. You know? I keep on hearing like, you know, the generic 
gym person in my head as I'm like doing my reps where it's like, I don't even start counting until it hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, (laughs) like I hear that every time I'm like doing the pec fly. The work doesn't start until you get tired. (laughs) I'm like finishing my third like round and then it starts hurting. I'm like, Oh no, does it only start now? (laughs) Did Did I just begin? Yeah. The soreness is like a confirmation that you are doing something right. As long as it's not, you know, pain, pain, mm-hmm. <laughs> like injury pain. Well, I was doing boxing for a little bit. And after a 45 minute session of boxing, I hurt everywhere. Oh, yeah. that's, that, that's good. But like, that's good. And it's so interesting the difference between doing boxing and just like going to the gym because, you know, I'll focus on upper body, back, legs, depending on what day I'm going. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, every time <laughs> after boxing, I was just fucking jello. It means you're doing it right. I guess. I mean, I'm not doing it anymore. So, oh. <laughs> so I was doing it right. <laughs> Now you're doing it wrong. Now I'm doing it wrong. Mm. Yeah. No, that's good, dude. Just just going, honestly. It's, it's huge. That That's really been the thing. Like, I'm walking every single day. Um, I make it a point. See, and this is part of the scheduling thing because I used to be the kind of person that would need to go to the gym first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, before I even, like, ate anything because I usually don't eat breakfast anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, let me just get my two Yetis full of water first and then hit the gym and then start my day. But I don't have time in the morning with work now. And then Mm -hmm. by the time the night comes around, I'm like, well, now I want to like chill (laughs) and like actually spend time with my wife. Yeah. But she's been incredibly supportive. So we have it set up now where she gets out of work at 4.30. I get out like around 5 we walk Thea for like 45 to an hour at like nice. 5.30. Okay. And then we come back from the walk, half an hour of Miss Rachel YouTube time. We tried to show her Bluey. She could care less about yeah, these fucking yeah, Australians. Right. Too soon, too soon. Too soon. But good for you. <laughs> Did you watch it? Did you pay attention to it? We saw the very first episode. It yeah. was It was very cute. It's yeah. very, uh, I mean, it, it was a uh, very social, emotional learning. A lot of social, emotional learning going on in that show. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we come back from the walk. We watch Miss Rachel. And then I, I'll give Thea a bath and Stephanie will put her down. So now when Stephanie begins to put her down, I dip the hell out of the house. <laughs> I'm out. I'm just gone. I give her the bottle and I'm like, <laughs> I'm out. And so I'll go do my work while Stephanie does that. And it's, it's been working out pretty well. All right. She's doing, she's continued doing the boxing. Okay. And she's, cool. I think this week she's going to do it two times. Ooh. So I'm really interested to see how that is going to affect her entire existence. <laughs> boxing is hard, man. It really is. It really boxing is. Boxing is freaking hard. I love it though. I would totally do it. Do you still keep up with your physicalness i am i'm trying because for those that don't know used to be pretty hardcore used to be 
in the physical world. Used to be. Good God. That was almost like 20 years ago now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring it up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, used, used to be for sure. Um, used to be my thing. I was passionate about it. Yeah. And uh, that actually took its toll on me too. Mm. Um, but my my neighbor is great about encouraging me to, to work out. So we, we were working out. Uh, we had dubbed it Sad Dad Saturdays. Right? So we, <laughs> <laughs> okay. This guy's awesome. Uh, shout out to you, Juan. I told you you'd make it on the show. And um, so it, it's it's funny. Actually, here, here's an aside before I get into that. Yeah. Juan and I actually have had, before we even started this show, we're having midnight connections of our own. Oh. Let me explain. You mean I'm not your first? Oh my god! I'm sorry, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so we would, uh, you know, we're super close, yeah. and like our our wives will like cook stuff for each other mm-hmm. all the freaking time. So we'll be going through the day, and then France Francis will make something. She's like, "Hey, can you bring this to him?" And then <laughs> this is like the middle of the freaking night. Nice. And she's like, "Yeah, that's fine." She's we're texting each other, so. Vaughn and I would come out pitch dark with like gifts <laughs> for, for each other, <laughs> like biscuits, buns, whatever, like soup, you know, any, all this kind of, all this stuff. But we would meet up in the middle of the road because our houses face each other. Yeah. Our, our driveways touch practically. And um, so we would meet there in the middle of the night. And then after doing this for, <laughs> for like, I don't know, three or four days straight, I think I was like, do you, do you think people see us do this? And they wonder like, what the fuck are these two guys doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're into, they're into some drugs or something. Yeah. I mean? Like who, who makes exchanges in the middle of the night? You know, they're like passing right? each other a bunch of illicit <laughs> materials yeah, in it's like, it's like Pyrex. Giving them a couple lines. Yeah. You know, it's at, yeah. At any moment we are called to make an exchange. Nice. So, he was wow. our, my, my first midnight connection one. Shout out to you. And um, no, but he's great. So we started Sad Dad Saturdays because he's been working out. He in- encourages me to do so. We we did that a couple couple weeks in a row. And then I think, I can't remember if we were like, there was some travel involved on both sides and everything. So we've had trouble syncing up the schedule again. Yeah. But it's definitely there. Um and I and I had also made this like workout program type thing that we're trying to test out because I made it and never tested it. It's yeah. probably gonna like kick my ass. <laughs> That's what thoroughly. you want, right? But uh, yeah, it, it is. I have not been doing it, but it is definitely on on my mind. Mm-hmm. I have I have pretty chronic like back, hip, and knee problems. I have to be careful with. So Mm-mm. we'll we'll get there. Yeah, I'm trying to build up some sort of routine because I know whenever I travel for work, I'm probably not going to do that, yeah. even though I should. I always hear my coworkers be like, yeah, I'm going to hit up the the hotel, hotel gym. gym. Yeah. And they do, but not I. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I can't. You know, they only serve breakfast for so long. <laughs> Yeah, I got. I don't eat. I don't eat breakfast except when I'm on the road. That's right. 
Did you want to hit up the Xbox news? Did you, did you look into it? I looked into it a little bit. Um, I was perusing the Kotaku uh, article that has the 11 big reveals from the Xbox leak. Oh, yeah. Someone's getting fired. So, like, from what I read, and please correct me if I'm wrong, these are, like, emails from last year, right? Yeah, they're about about a year old. The only thing that I saw that stood out to me right out the gate was that Microsoft considered buying Nintendo at one point. I mean, they did that. They did a very, very long time ago, also. Like, and they actually tried, like, really had, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the story is they walked into the, the meeting with Nintendo and kind of put that on the table and they got laughed out of the room. Oh, thank God. Like, like legit. Interesting. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that they underestimated the impact that Baldur's Gate 3 was going to have. Mm-hmm. They like completely under projected all their stuff, which yep. I mean, I guess is a good thing for them <laughs> to happen. And then the there was some talk about the next generation console, yeah. which from what I was reading sounds like they're trying to make Stadia happen. Kind of, right? That's well, like the, so they um there's a mention of a controller, a new controller. And I I want to say they called it direct to cloud, which is basically what Stadia was. Mm. They'd be they'd be smart to do it honestly because it was a really good system. I mean, if anyone has the capacity to pull that shit off, it's going to be Microsoft. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. But that'd mean they'd need a corresponding dongle of some kind, probably, unless the Game Pass app is so prolific by that point that it's it's just you know, integrated into like, your like sony tv yeah <laughs> no TV, sony but sony yeah no sony tv will play xbox anymore that's but, yeah i did see that and it was that controller is supposed to have um haptics similar to the dual sense uh direct to cloud and there was some another thing or two uh, that was mentioned on that one and the uh the next console that they were looking at i think was uh, they called it a cloud only machine? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. They're codenaming it Brooklyn. Yeah, and people were like really worried about game preservation and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, something in the report did say that whatever the all digital version of the series, because what mm-hmm. is it X and S, right? Yeah, I think S is the all digital one. Yes, that outperformed X like. By a very large margin. I mean, it, it's it's cheap. It's really cheap. Is it? 300 bucks, I think. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's really cheap. But it has impacted their development as well, as, as evidenced by Baldur's Gate. It's just crazy. So that somebody didn't redact the documents correctly, apparently, and they went into, like, a you know, I guess, evidence submission for their FTC case. Yeah. And, and once it goes in there... It's you know it's open. <laughs> it's public, public domain now. So all those emails, n- not a single thing redacted. It's craziness. Wow. So now you have there's all this discussion about who exactly is Phil Spencer, <laughs> and um, what are his real intentions with the you know 
I mean, they, they said some crazy stuff. Like if, if the non-console game pass subscri- subscription l- numbers that don't get high enough by a certain year, they'd basically back out of the gaming. Just the space. Yeah. They, they would just back out of gaming altogether. Really? Um, they mentioned the whole Nintendo thing. And that was like, so in that email, they're like, he's like p- discussing it, you know, where he's like, well, we can't just go in there and, um, and I'm sure I'm not getting all this correct, but whatever. He's uh, like, we can't just go in there and like, you know, hostile take them, <laughs> take yeah. over. It's like, but what they, what we can do is continue to like build that relationship, kind of, you know, keep buying some stocks here and there. And they even went so far as to say like the board of directors has seen the plan and they're down with it. If the opportunity ever arises. Wow. And, uh, and I think even valve was mentioned in that too. Yeah. I saw that as well. So you have one camp. So some, some people read that and they're like, this dude is just not good for the industry. You know, his, he wants to acquire and buy and consolidate and, you know, basically whatever they can. And they're already taking out the, you know, they're already at the goal line for the largest publisher in the industry. So may not be wrong. (laughs) Phil Spector is literally the monopoly guy right now. Yeah. I mean, so that's what some people think. And of course he comes out the day that all this stuff and he's just like, yeah, you know, these documents are about a year old, you know, our, our plans have changed. Like, really? (laughs) They've gotten worse. (laughs) Like the industry doesn't move that fast, man. Yeah. Especially this past year. Yeah, if this, if this were like five year old docs, maybe, but this is last year, man. You're you might still be in the same fiscal freaking year. You know? <laughs> it's like, That's probably true, actually. So, yeah, so you have people that are like really, really skeptical about him, you know, and like what his intentions are, and then you have to wonder, based them saying this stuff about Nintendo, and it's like, well, how how does Nintendo respond to that? And how does the Japanese market overall respond to that? Because that's, you know, they're, they're saying culturally, that's you know, Japanese people may not jive with that. Well, like, like isn't doesn't know. the Xbox have like terrible fucking numbers in Japan? Yeah, and, and in Asian work, countries working, overall. Yeah, they're working real hard to build it up. Like they they brought on one of. I think Sony's previous execs over there that was and put her in charge of Japanese uh, relations. I think there was talks of them acquiring Sega. Maybe mm. it just makes me hate Microsoft more than I already do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. It's not like I hate Xbox. I I used to have an Xbox back in the day. I just their games aren't compelling to me, and I don't like their people. I don't like you know? their people either, man. I hate so, the exclusive shit. Well, Sony does it all the time. Well, Sony makes it a lot of times. Exactly. They, they, they do buy some, like, like yeah. Final Fantasy. And, but yeah. I, I'm, I mean, if it's in-house development, that's your right. But don't buy Bethesda and then take away the possibility that I might play Elder Scrolls Six someday yeah. in well, the they next five <laughs> years. They, they already said it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. and then they're like coy about it. They're like, hey, we haven't decided yet. It's like, yes, you did, man. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you decided You son already. of a bitch. So, yeah, so, that you know, they're like, how, how two-faced is he, really? But, because uh, you're, you're like reading his straight-up emails, you know? It's not like they're hiding Just that candid shit, shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck <exactly>. these clowns. <laughs> We're going to take it all. 
It's 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 crazy. Like I, I can't imagine. Maybe the biggest leak prior to this was that whole um, Nvidia leak that happened, and I don't think. I mean, in terms of gaming, game content, that leak I don't think is ever going to get touched. But sure. But this one, it's pretty. I mean, you're all up in there. It's all crazy. up in there. Well, we'll see you what go, comes out. You go on Twitter. It's like all anyone's talking about. Right, yeah. It's not called Twitter. Right, I'm sorry. Whatever. All right. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. X. We already, we already sound like a bunch of old assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't call it that, man. I know. No one fucking calls it X. Fuck that guy, too. <laughs> Welcome to the 2 a.m. connection, where we just We're say just ranting now. we just say fuck everyone. How dare you this try to monopolize into a ranting show? Yes, this is our take on capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't we do a hard pivot away from capitalism and sure, talk sure. about something that is more important, which is us. That's right. Right? Because that's why you're all here. You're not here to hear us moan and complain about things. Um, but I wanted to talk about passions. And we we kind of, I think we've touched on it in different episodes and stuff like that. But I wanted to do a more deep dive into like something that is a cornerstone about you as a person, um, as deep or as surface as you want to take that. And I figure we can just kind of go back and forth um, discussing that kind of stuff. You know, I, I can say that for me, my probably critical passion is involved with music, but it's specifically playing music. All right. I love playing live and I love playing shows a lot. Um, I am in, I believe, four bands right now. That's what you said last time. Yeah. All right. Good. So I'm consistent. <laughs> but um, of those bands, three of them are original music. Nice. One of them is a cover band. I play bass in three of them and guitar in one of them. So I'm like satisfying different parts of my brain there. Okay. Yeah. So that's Sing, that's singing my, in all of them? I sing in three out of the four. Okay. What about for you? What what what's a passion that we can discuss? I I'm leaning towards tabletop role playing games. Hell yeah. I was waffling on the decision, but I, I think that's the one I want to go with. Nice. This time. And that, since I've known you, I have known you to love some tabletop RPGs. I do, man. It's just such a great freaking genre of game. And I've been playing them since I was nine, ten, maybe. Oh, dang. Like so yeah. for a long time. Yeah, really long time. I haven't been playing them all throughout. Ever since falling in love with them back then, it's always been something that just it just nags at me. It's always like you know you want to play, <laughs> get a game going. It's, you know. Do you remember what the uh, first one you played was? The 
first one I actually played. So that might have been Battletech. I can't remember if it was Battletech or Macross and Robotech or like they're all kind of hitting at the same time. Yeah. Um, but I want to say my first exposure because one of our family friends or well, yeah, family through marriage, I guess. Um, they they had uh, in their basement they had miniatures, but this was like you know like war game miniatures, mm. uh, and then. By getting exposed to that, I found Battletech, which is basically miniatures, but all giant mech robots. Hell so yeah. I like that better. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> so sounds, I, kind of gravi- I gravitated towards those. That sounds more satisfying. And uh, and I think that was the first one that I got involved in. But yeah, it's definitely one of that bunch. Because nice. we were all like, playing a bunch around that time. There was one that we played for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh. It was so cool because your character creation was you would pick like a base animal, right? And you'd get a pool of like mutation points. And you can kind of pick and choose what happened to your animal. And then you could, if you shrunk your animal down, you get more points. If you size them up, you have to pay for that in points. But you could put claws on them, tough skin, all this other, like wow. the ability to burrow. Yeah, you could do all this stuff to them. That's uh, really cool. And you I, had this really cool, like, custom creature that you'd make. I would totally awesome. play that now. I know. I should find it. <laughs> Just some mutated it. red panda. You'd be so, I'm, I was always surprised. I mean, I, don't, I haven't really looked, but I, I was always surprised it never really came back because mm. it was such a cool system. It may, You know what? It might not be a bad idea to bring it back. Have you seen the new Turtles movie? Not yet. I want to. I heard it was really good. Yeah, it, they started streaming it on Paramount Plus. Ooh, that means I can see it. That's right. We are, we're probably going to watch it this weekend. All right. I'll watch because, it this um, weekend. I think Ivan's going to be here. So nice. We can uh, we can watch and discuss. But yeah, they're kind of cu- they're on the they're coming back the turtles. So it'd be kind of did they ever to, leave? Not 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 for me. Not for me. <laughs> I was never a huge Turtles fan, but I did like the live action movies. Did you? Okay. So you never saw, I was exposed a little bit to their actual graphic novels and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I heard, I, I know that the graphic novels are like a lot more hardcore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. Don't they share like an origin story with, uh, with what's his face? Daredevil. It's, was it Daredevil? I think it was Daredevil. I think so. They're like the same accident that caused yeah. Daredevil's powers caused the turtles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Created the turtles. Wow. I'm, I'm going to look into that. Maybe somebody did remake that system. That'd be really cool. That'd be an interesting one to to use in our, and pay the price. I rem- When I was younger, I tried playing um, Warhammer 40K. Yeah. And I had a very small Tyranid army. Um, and I, fucking sucked at painting models <laughs> it was i was like wait what i would buy these pieces and they're just all grayed out and i would see these other pieces at you know games workshop or whatever yeah and i'm like how the hell are people <laughs> doing this and making it look amazing i tried playing it a couple times with some friends but i could never get a good core group together 
of people to play. Yeah. What, what I, I didn't like about, I mean, I don't know if this is actually true. This is just my perception, but I, I didn't like that it appeared that you, it was basically a pay to win game, mm. you know, cause you had to field an army. So whoever could buy the better army. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, I mean, cause I don't know. I don't know if there is like a, a rule, a point system or something for how you make up your army. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if, if you don't buy the good stuff, you, can't even include them. So with Battletech, if you buy Battletech, like a kit, you get little paper standees, you know, <laughs> so they a little, you know, printed picture of it and a little plastic stand, whatever. Yeah. Or if you wanted, you can go and get the whole pewter thing and paint them also. If you wanted to go that far, but you didn't have to. Sure. You could Warhammer still. didn't, didn't give you did that. Did not option. offer you. <laughs> no. Did not offer that for anybody. No. No, you're, you're very right. Well, yeah. what would you say in your in your growth of playing those games from a young age, off and on your whole life, like some important uh, milestones or just critical moments? Because as far as I knew, when I first met you, I was like, that dude is the DM. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, for the longest time, I didn't really, I didn't run games. No. Um, I mean, when we were young, young, we kind of rotated and tried. I was, um, I always liked James to run because he's great with stories. Mm. You know, he was really good at writing a backstory and, uh, and having all that stuff figured out. So I enjoyed that. Um, I knew the games and systems pretty well, so I could run games, but I never really liked to um because hmm. i wanted to play sure and then so so i played a lot when i was young young and then i kind of fell out of it probably around maybe towards the end of high school and then through college through some of college and then i got bit by the bug <laughs> right so one day i'm at home and i'm just like i really want to freaking play right um and so if, if you're wondering tabletop rpgs the Dungeons and Dragons is obviously the most popular, but there's so many others. Yeah. Right? So there's tons and tons of other game system settings that you could play and all that. So I was, I was just like, I gotta play. Like I have the itch so hard. I want to, I want to get into a game and just enjoy myself because this was me in college. No, no other real responsibilities, right? And on a whim, I jumped on a message board and, and just looked for open games in my area, and then. I saw one group that was really close to me. They were going to start up a game in like two or three weeks or something like that. So I reached out and was like, hey, you know, if you got room, I'd like to join. And then after doing that, I found another group who lived further out. They were probably from where I was, maybe close 35, 40 minutes-ish. Hmm. But they were starting like that week. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go. <laughs> so, nice. So I went to that one. Drove to these strangers' house that I, you know, no clue who these people are to to spend like an entire afternoon with them. Well, that decision ended up putting me in this friend circle for like the next, we played every other Saturday, I want to say for like two years. Wow. That's two, awesome. Give or take, right? I'm not, not entirely sure. Sure. But I loved it because we would go there and just enjoy ourselves. We'd bring food and spend like the entire day basically um, 
playing RPGs. And so we would we went through Pathfinder, Everon. We also play we played like another game or two, I think. But so many good stories. And uh, we cycled through a couple of different people in that group. And then I, as soon as it started, I immediately dragged James along and then I dragged, and then we dragged John along. <laughs> so like all of us were going, um, became good friends with these guys. It was awesome. And uh, just a lot of great stories. That's awesome. Man. And um, so I didn't run any of those games. They, they were always running them. I was happy to play them. I like I pour through the books and stuff like that, and I I don't know if it's annoying for GMs or not, but I'm like I look for ways to get creative with my character. You know, mm-hmm. one of my characters was a a gnome bard, right? You don't really imagine them to be frontline fighters or anything, but I had specked him out or whatever. I'd built him up so in, in such a way that he was like the front fighter. Hell yeah, which was crazy. There's just lots of good stories. And like, you know, like that's my character. And so like we as a group, like we know these people as like, they're like distinct characters to yeah. us. Uh, so it's, it's really cool. It's not just like an archetype that is there. It's like, there's a full fledged story background and purpose. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he came from a, he came from a ship that was like, they kind of traveled around and they, they were, they were kind of the shady type. Right, they're like red light district type people. Nice. <laughs> so, so he'd always <laughs> find his way back there. Yeah, uh, but for informational purposes. Anyway, so that was that was awesome, right? So that really like solidified it with me, where like this is something I just absolutely love to do, even now in my older age, right? So then after that, it didn't you know when when I fell out, when, when I couldn't make that group anymore, I just, I always just wanted to play. And that's when you, that's when we met and you would like, I would always be like, Hey, I want to play this game. Hey, I want to play this game. <laughs> and yeah. I keep trying, you know, like, I kept trying to start something up, which led us to what we have now or what we're building now with, it would pay the price. And I mean, that's probably the biggest growth slash turning point mm. because, because we are addressing like a really, core felt need that I have, which is I'm older now. I've got too many responsibilities. I can barely carve out the time as much as I want to play these games. I don't want to run them anymore because I don't have the time. Exactly. uh, It takes a lot of prep work. It takes a lot. So now that we're doing pay the price, so shameless plug, we are building this whole process out so that someone like me can enjoy that, this type of game. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and play. So, which is phenomenal. Like we, when we sit down as a group, no one has planned anything and we play for like an hour and a half, two hours straight and we're, we're in and out and that's it. But, yeah. but our story <laughs> has taken so many turns. <laughs> you'll see when we start, when we, when we publish this, that show, yeah, you'll when see. When we start, when we start publishing it, we're, we want to finish our season before we put them out. <laughs> but, but no, it's been interesting because for me, I never really played those like storytelling games. You play it well though. When I first met you and you were like, I think you, the first thing we ever played was a D and D game at your, at your place. And I was like, Oh my God, I need to prepare. <laughs> I, I need to know everything. And I, I did not. It's too <laughs> it was, much to know. it was way too daunting, but I remember having fun uh, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Can't wait till it happens again. But it didn't. It did not. No. <laughs> that group because life, do, yeah. life gets in the way. 
You know what I mean? And then we tried some online stuff with different, like, uh, um, do you call them, like, engines? Yeah, like, yeah, online web right. tools and stuff like that. Like, gameplay engines and stuff like that. So, different systems. And it's been really eye-opening for me, the possibilities that you can have for tabletop. And what it really synthesized in me now that we've been doing pay the price for a while is that it's improv, Mm -hmm. right? And I love improv. (laughs) I think (laughs) that's some of the most fun for me, whether it be, you know, like I love improv comedy. um, I love improv in music. And it's one of those things where you dig yourself into a hole and you try to figure out (laughs) your way out. And that's the whole fun of it. So it's been really cool to like go into these stories. Plus we have like a little bit of a horror element to it. Yeah. Which I try to ramp up as much as I humanly can <laughs> every round. But I think in a different life, I would have made a decent dungeon oh, master. Totally, dude. Totally. It's just way, way too much fucking prep. I tried running a session once. I know. <laughs> and it was with ev- all people that had never played before. I was the only, I was the one with the most experience after playing our single game. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy. I'm the guy. And it was it was fun to like mess some people's <laughs> existence up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, it is totally improv. The the difficult thing when you have a GM or DM, whatever you want to call it, is that person has planned things. So you have to you got to walk this really fine line of like how much do I railroad my players? How much do I just let them do whatever the hell they want to do, right? The interesting thing about those kinds of games is, is it's you generally think of the of the GM as your adversary, mm-hmm. right? It's like even though even though the, the GM is not necessarily antagonizing you, but the GM plays everybody else who is right. They they play all the NPCs who may or may not help you. They play all the villains. They they take all the actions for the bad guys, so they feel like an adversary to you, which builds a certain kind of like you you don't feel like you're working on a game together, right? Mm-hmm. You're sort of like the players are there to play the GM's game, yeah, you know, or in the GM's campaign or their story and stuff. So I've always found that to be really tricky to manage, and but and and that's why I love what we're doing now because it's like nobody's doing that, right? We are yeah. we all agree. And that we're here as a group to play cooperatively and to build a good story together. So even though one of us could at any moment in time throw a crazy curveball, right, and and be like that dick player that just wants to <laughs> go go, just go wants off to the rails, ruin things. yeah, yes. like you could do that still. But you know, it's kind of like if you go ahead and do that while we're playing, it's like you're doing that very conscientiously, and now you're yes. kind of, you know. You're kind of killing the the goodwill of the game at the table, right? <laughs> Sounds like me. But but you but you can do curveballs and still build to a good story, and it happens all the yeah. time. Like because I had plenty of stuff I had thought about for my character, and then our you know we'll sit down and we'll play, and then someone throws something in there, and I'm like, well, that's not at all what I had <laughs> what I had yep. thought. What the fuck am I going to do now? But we agreed, like we're just going to roll with it, right? So yes, yes, and that's no, it's very and that's true. what we do. But it's fun, and it and you know, and tabletop role playing games have just ex- exploded in popularity now. 
Yes. Yep. Thank you, Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things and Critical Role, all you guys for making yep. it such Dimension a huge 20. thing. And when I but when I talk to people about it, right? Because a lot of people some some of them know, right, obviously, that I love it and that I play, and they're always like, you know, can we play? Um, or they'll learn, like like they'll you know, you know when you do that nerd feels like how nerdy are you? Right. Mm, <laughs> it's like yes. you ever played D D? It's like, dude, I love this shit, you know. <laughs> it's like oh, okay okay cool we can talk about it but yes. uh, so they'll 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 learn that i love it and then they'll be like can we you know can we get a game going where was i going with all that um oh oh yeah so but when i talk to people about it who are sort of like just kind of wanting to explore it or have been exposed to it because of all these other outlets i'm always like what do you like about it right like what is what's appealing to you and they're like well it's a story the story mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like you don't give a shit about the roles, do you? They're like, no, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't care about the stats. Like, no, you, they, they just glaze over all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Sometimes. And um, I'm like, but that's generally speaking, that's like the numbers and this, you know, obviously there are some people that love that. I do, I do love that stuff too. But what makes tabletop RPGs fun is the story. I mean, building a character from one to 20 and, you know, getting all these new spells and everything is cool, mm-hmm. but it's all in service to a story, you know? And so if you can get that going, which is what we're focused on now, then then you have it. You know, you've, you've kind of gotten to the core of what makes it fun. I think I'm very guilty of coming into playing tabletop games from a perspective of like, let me just get those nat 20s <laughs> and just like use all my abilities in order to get the best dice roll. But as we're p- playing pay the price, I I enjoy getting screwed. Yeah. That's where, <laughs> By, that's where the drama comes from. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, not to spoil it, but there was a part of the gameplay that we were doing where like, I just, my character wasn't a part of it. Yeah. Due to choices that I had made. <laughs> Were those choices? I, just... I think I, I do think I did it to myself. Oh, <laughs> I, I I believe I creatively painted myself into a corner. Okay. And <laughs> but like then I just got to become like NPC guy. Yeah. Which is cool for me because again, I, I like to throw wrenches in everything. No, it's it's been really cool. I think it's redefined what playing a tabletop game means to me. And how easy it can be, you know, group storytelling, much like music, playing music with people, it's all about chemistry. Mm-hmm. And if you have the right components and everything is in synergy with one another, you can get some amazing moments. Totally. I could talk about this all all freaking night. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so another, you know, just to plug it one more time, we... um. We are two thirds of the way through our current season, right? Just to put it out there, our whole our goal, since it is a horror theme, it just kind of lined up this way, is to start, is to start releasing that around Halloween, and then um, as that's running, we're going to work on taking another system. So essentially, what we're doing is we're playing the Starforged game and system, right? That's what we're doing now. So it's like space, sci-fi, you know, that kind of stuff. But there's so, like I said, there's so many other games, so many other settings that you can get into for tabletop RPGs. And one of my biggest dreams, right, and wishes is to be able to play all those other games this way. And that's mm-hmm. not 
usually something you can do because each, you know, for the most part, each game kind of has its own system and its own way of doing things. And most of them are not built to be played cooperatively. Most of them are in the use, you know, the standard setup of having a GM and a bunch of players. So yeah. we're working really hard to actually, you know, we call it converting the system, but taking another game and setting and then making all the necessary tweaks to it so that you could play those games in the fashion that we're you doing, you know, on the, on the heels of that, of the cyberpunk discussion, that's I'm like 90% sure that's going to be our next game is, is playing cyberpunk in this way, which I, I can't tell you how excited I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I'm excited for it too. I think that I've probably played maybe three or four different systems with you and like one of them was cyberpunk. One of them was like feudal Japan samurai stuff, yeah, which we'll get to. One was uh, this space opera, obviously the D and D. And at one point we played F- Fate. Was it Fate Core? Yeah, Fate, uh, which was also space, but like just a different perspective on the mechanics. And to know that this system that we're working with now can be adaptable to all those kinds of stuff, like that's really exciting. Yeah. I'll never forget one time you told me that you had found a Fallout uh-huh. style tabletop. Yeah. And I was so excited to play that. Dude, we could. I still am. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still have that. All right. So you um so you were saying in in a lot of ways, playing music is live, is like an improv to you. So Yeah. How how do those how does that relate? You know, if we go back from this discussion on on tabletop improv gaming to your music. So is is that what you enjoy most about playing live? Is when you start getting into improv with it, or um, it depends on the context. I think for me, playing music it happens in a lot of different contexts, right? There's playing by yourself for yourself. There's playing by yourself for other people. There's playing with other people for yourselves and playing with, a you know, so many different versions of how that can play out that each one of the bands that I'm in kind of fits a notch, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it tickles a certain part of my brain. And I think improvisation or the ability to do whatever the moment calls for it is something that I need, you know, satiated in my brain. And I do get that depending on the context, but there's something really kinetic about playing music in front of people. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time I was like really obsessed with being a great player, which I'm not really obsessed with anymore i think for me it's how do i openly express because to me playing music is an emotional expression Mm -hmm. right like it very much is i'm a very calm collected human being i would like to think (laughs) on the most part don't really raise my voice i kind of operate at a steady you know five or six on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to music, I I look like a crazy person. <laughs> have you have you seen me play before? Only I've seen you most 
like uh, at that restaurant, whatever was it, where it's basically just you. Um, oh, at Cafe M? No, the one in Mosaic. Uh, oh, Matchbox. Yeah, Matchbox. Yeah. Um, I think I might have seen you one, once or twice in a band. Nice. Well, for me, I come from punk. Um, I was a pop kid through and through. And then one day, some kid on the bus gave me a punk album, and I never looked back. And that's like when I grabbed a guitar, and I was like, wow, I don't have to be good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can just play power chords and, and get through it all. And it was, I was jumping in my room all the time. I remember my mom would, like, knock on the door and be like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and I would get super shy about it. But. There was something about when I performed in front of people that I just would not care. Like as a quiet kid, I would go ape shit. And was it hard at people, first? No, huh. it wasn't. It probably would have been if I was more like self-conscious about how foolish I look. <laughs> but I don't know. It just it never really got me in like overanalyzing. I was just like I was just thankful to play. The first performance I ever did, I think, was for like an eighth grade talent show. Mm -hmm. And of course, we were playing Smells Like Teen Spirit. Sure. And I'll never forget, this is like my first live performance, right? I had literally learned how to play guitar to do this performance with a couple friends. Because wow. one was like a drummer already and a bassist. And they're like, we just need someone to play guitar. I was like, all right, <laughs> whatever. This is, so, this is mechanically simple. I can do this. And, you know, there's like a little solo. It's a very simple solo at the, and the bridge of that song. And the minute I go to hit the solo, for the first time in my life, a string breaks. Oh, shoot. No way. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like sheer <laughs> panic. I don't know enough about my instrument to like, you know, yeah. the same notes exist in other places. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I couldn't understand that so whatever i like muddled my way through it and i'll never forget that at the end of that we did okay and at the end of it i was like what does this happen and me breaking a string is something that happens very often uh -huh. now. for a while when i was doing those acoustic gigs i would break two strings every gig Dang. it's just i, I play really <laughs> hard <laughs> <laughs> Got salty fingers. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I do. I do. I do. I don't sweat a lot except out of my hands, apparently. <laughs> but I think that prepared me to anticipate bad things happening all the time uh -huh. when I'm playing live uh -huh. and, and just not let the small shit get in my way. And that developed into I started playing with a lot of cover bands and sometimes, you know, Cover music is interesting because you can learn it exactly how the album is. Mm. Or if you want to put your spin on it, you're just learning the chords and then making it your own or whatever. Right. So I would start taking more chances as a bassist. Once I switched to bass is when I really got like my confidence about doing things. And I'd be like, okay, I need to meet people in order to get better because I never learned how to read music. I never took a music lesson. Everything was done by ear mm -hmm. and by tab. But I just started meeting all these people and constantly putting myself in the position where I play with people that are better than me, mm. play with it, every genre of music that I can, mm -hmm. even if I don't like it. 
but just take those chances. Because if I was going to get better, I needed to put myself in awkward positions. Mm -hmm. And it, it always, thankfully, ended up being really fruitful for me. You know, like I, at one point, I didn't really have a job. And I saw a post for a folk artist needing a bassist. So I I don't really listen to folk. <laughs> but I was like, why not? Yeah, I got nothing not? better else to do. So I tried out. It worked out. I, I played with her for a bit. And it led to me getting a job as a music teacher because wow. she was the assistant director at a music school. No way. Which started my path down teaching music and eventually opening up my own music school. Wow, that one decision. Exactly. And if I had told myself, no, that's not me, that never would have happened right. for me. And my entire life would be Where would you radically. be now? Exactly. It, it makes no sense, right? Or <laughs> me like getting dumped hardcore and being depressed and going to go see um, Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Uh-huh. And like just bawling at the end of the movie where he puts on the soundtrack yeah. at his mom. Because <laughs> I think it was uh, Ain't No Mountain was the last song. And I was just like, oh, my oh, God. God, my life. This is it. I'm just going to be alone forever. <laughs> it was coming out of a four-year relationship, guys. Uh, it was warranted to feel that way, even though I have been an emo kid most of my life. But that led me to want to try Motown music, oh. which as a bassist, I had never really tried before. I enjoyed. So I came out of that wanting to start a Motown band with one of my best friends, Dom. And we got a band together. And I met um, this keyboardist through happenstance named Charlie, who became an incredible friend of mine and actually a music teacher that opened up my music school with me. Mm -hmm. And that's how I met my wife because we needed a female singer for the Motown stuff. And Dominic had heard her sing at a benefit show to which Stephanie always says that she doesn't know what the fuck Dom heard because she remembers <laughs> <laughs> like being so nervous that she drank and was not at peak at the performance. Benefit show? Was that when she was, was that when she sang in French? It might have. She always sung uh, La Vie en Rose. Yeah. Um, but she was in like an acoustic duo called the Caterpillars with this really cool guy, Gary. Yeah. And so Dom had heard her. He's like, let's let's bring her in. And so we auditioned her. She did not sing anything at the audition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she got it. <laughs> and she got it. You know what was funny is that she came into that rehearsal. We we needed a professional. We I wouldn't have called us professional musicians. Right. But we were getting there. You know what I mean? It was a huge part of our lives and we dedicated a lot of time to getting better at yeah. it. And she was really a novice in the scene. So I think she was really intimidated being in the room with us. So we practiced for about an hour and a half, and she was just in the corner kind of vibing. After everyone left, Dom and I stayed because the practice was at my house and had a conversation with her. And that's when she finally opened up and started singing. And so that led to us continuing the band. Uh, we were called the Get Readies. And eventually, I mean, we started dating. <laughs> So, and now we're oh, married with a child. 
Now we're married with a child. Did she tell you how we met? I, I mean, I'm sure she has, but remind me. So we're circling back to the health and fitness thing. Mm. Right? I was, uh, at the time, we were regularly organizing monthly workouts and workout cookout events where we would uh, we would run the workout and then everybody would bring a potluck dish and we would just, you know, hang out afterwards. And during that time, people were coming over to work out in my basement because we had the whole thing kind of decked out for workouts. And I was, and I was just freely inviting people, right? So people were just coming and going out of the house. Like we're starting to work out this night or you can come with the later shift, whatever. And uh, one of my, a guy guy I knew came, good God, I'm going to forget his name. (laughs) Ramel. And, um, he he was like, hey, I want to come work out with you guys. So he he came, did some work workouts with us, and then we we're like, hey, you know, we got um, we're putting on the workout cookout event. You should come, and uh, you know, bring whoever you want. Yeah. So he comes and he brings Stephanie, and I tell you, bro, she she had she was coming like straight off a party, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so here was this girl. She comes to work out with us and she's giving it her all like Stephanie does. And, but like we could smell the alcohol. Just like coming off yeah. of her body. It was bad. Yeah. But she, but she didn't quit. Right. She gave everything she had, hung out, whatever. And then she started coming to do workouts at the house and she never left. I don't know. She, she just kind of, and even, even when, when Ramel stopped coming around, <laughs> she, she was still coming around. Hell yeah. And we just became like really close, good friends. She was super great. She was always super grateful because, you know, I guess she was going through some difficult things, you know, at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, we were, we were doing our best to be a supportive, uplifting group, right. To help people just kind of improve themselves in whatever facet. Right. And so, yeah, she was, she was like a, a core critical part of our team and we became really good friends. And then she would, you know, told us that she had met you and we're like, Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if he had never decided to bring her along or if she had decided to just be like, fuck you guys, I'm drunk. I'm staying home. <laughs> you know? I'm not doing this shit. Yeah. It would have yeah, no. been a totally different story. She, she speaks very highly of, of that period of time in her life, you know, meeting you guys and, and going through that, I know is, was a life changing moment for her. The funny thing is I had met Stephanie a year before the, Oh, did you? The band audition. I, uh, through a mutual friend, we went to go see hiatus coyote in DC at the U street lounge. And my friend had brought her along. I don't know if as a date or not, it was very <laughs> unclear at the time. Uh, I think maybe he wanted it to be a date and she was just like, whatever, I'm get to go to a show. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like, you know, she was in our group. So I interacted with her very minimally. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> I always joke with Stephanie. If we had met at literally any other point in our lives, we would have hated each other. Oh, that's so crazy. Because, like, the idea of, like, the girl that goes to the club. Yeah, yeah. That has always been, like, the least appealing type of human to me. 
Mostly because I just don't do that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather party at home. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it all works out the way it's supposed to. Totally. So I got to show you just for, um, for the sake of example. All right. I'm going to put a video in the chat. That's a total tangent, by the way, everybody. I derailed your... <laughs> I know. Fuck my passions. No, it's okay. <laughs> this is going to bring it back. Now, this is a video that if I'm reading correctly off of the date on YouTube, and we'll link this in the show notes. So yeah, this is a video from 13 years ago. Uh, my drummer went to George Mason, okay, and okay. we did a Battle of the Bands nice. for their yearly event called Mason Day. Uh-huh. Um, so the winner of this local Battle of the Bands got to open up for Cobra Starship. I don't know if you remember that band. I don't. From a very long time ago. It was a very indie band. They were part of the soundtrack for Snakes on a Plane. It was a thing. Anyway, we competed and we won. Uh, so we got to actually Heck open yeah. up. But I wanted to show you this clip, and it starts in the middle. Uh, it starts at 3 minutes, 43 seconds, yep. if you're watching at home. Yep. And I want you to just, this is like, we were prog rock, right? Okay. So we would go into these other places with our music. So this is like at the end oh, so of excited. the song, and then we go into like a whole jam part. I'm so right, excited. Right. This is 2010. Yes, I have an afro in this video. <laughs> okay, that's how fucking long ago it was. <laughs> this is great. Right. I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, you guys are having a great time. Dude, we did not fuck around. I've hit myself with my guitar. <laughs> Made myself bleed <laughs> on multiple occasions. Who's on the bass? That's Dom. Is it Dom? Yeah, it's 13 no years way. ago, Dominic. And my boy Carlos on the drums. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rocking that guitar, bro. I know. After every single show, my neck would be, like, sore. <laughs> I couldn't move the next day. I can see why. But it was worth it every single time. You two, you two are rocking, man. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's kind of it, right? Like, that energy that you see there is not what I would call my normal, like, everyday energy. No. <laughs> it's almost like I say I save everything for when I'm on stage, and it's all, I've only leaned into it more as an adult. I thought that maybe growing up I would kind of get away from that and exude less energy, mm -hmm. but I feel like every year that I'm playing, I go harder, and nice. people seem to respond to it. So I'm all about that. It's all about it's the passion, man. It's the passion. It is the passion, and I, I try my best to, you know. Being in four different bands, not all of them play live all the time, uh, but two of them really play live a lot. It's hard to balance the schedule for time with the family now. Mm -hmm. You know, when Theo was born, I took 
a month off of playing and I cut back on one or two projects. And now that Thea's older, sleeping better, I mean, every month I'll have at least one show. Summer, like in July and June, I think I had six weeks of shows back to back because usually it's like for the cover gig. So it's Saturday or Friday. And I mean, it can be tough, man, because Steph has to pick up my slack. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, but she knows, like, she knew that, right? That, that's not a. <laughs> no, yeah, she knows. But, you but know, it's it, hard. It is. It's hard. hard and, like, I don't want to, I don't want to take advantage, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because I know she supports me fully. She's happy that I get to do that. But, like, it's, I feel like it's my own responsibility to keep myself in check mm-hmm. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not because she told me, like, <laughs> yeah. fucking stop playing so much, but because it has to come from me of just being like, okay, this is good. This is not. So I try to be really conscious about that. Uh, Cause the last thing I want is like my kid not having memories of me being there. Luckily I play yeah. at night. Yeah. So <laughs> totally. She's already sleeping. Totally. I mean, even just doing this, um, doing this. And when we record pay the price, it's like, it's all, you know, a give and take there. Cause you're, you're asking your wife to basically pull down the fort. Right. Yeah. Which is one, which is why we record, <laughs> record this at two in the morning. Yeah. Um, and even then, sometimes we have issues with our kids not sleeping. This is this is very true. We are we are very lucky when it comes to our wives supporting our yes Steph. our passions. Thank you, thank you so much. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Steph. <laughs> I know you're listening. I, I was like, you guys are the best. I, I, <laughs> I remember asking Steph, like, do you listen to the show because you like it? Or do you listen <laughs> to the show because I'm on it? And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, you're not really our demographic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say our demographic are like gamer nerd dads. Yeah. And you check none of those boxes. <laughs> Zero boxes. Yeah, because, you know, she she fully supports everything that I do. And even with shows sometimes, because my cover band will play... 10 to 12 to 15 shows a year. Mm-hmm. She used to go to every single one. And it's like, That's I'm not awesome. playing new songs it's still. all the time. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, are you having fun? But it always worked out great because all the bandmates would have their significant others. Nice. Yeah. So they get to enjoy hanging out with one another yeah. while we're up there playing. So it works out. Totally. It's a fun time. It is a fun time. But like with that comes also balancing out so that she gets to do her passions. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, um, so these things are like, you know, passions of ours, right? Like I, we asked to carve out a couple of hours when we record, uh, pay the price. And it's, it's like, yeah, we're just a bunch of guys hanging around playing an RPG. You know, you could look at Mm -hmm. it that way. Um, But as, as we have discovered, that's something that I, it's always going to be a part of my life in some form or fashion, right? And now that we've found a way for me to actually really enjoy it, it's like I do want to have a 
a time to do that. And then of course we have the added incentive of actually building something through it, yeah. through it. Right. So it's not just us playing it. There's more to it than that. Cause I feel like when I don't do that stuff, right. If I'm not engaged in those kinds of games in some way, or if I'm not getting a chance to explore music, like now, now that I'm mixing again, it, it, mm-hmm. it's like that. That's when I start to feel like I'm losing touch with myself. I completely agree. You know? So it's kind of like you got to have a little bit of that. But like you said, you also got to like when Francis is like, hey, can I, you know, want to go do this and go meet up? I'm like, I never say no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. like, please, you know, go do it. Go have fun. Don't worry about us, you know. And I've noticed that when I get the opportunity like to do our recordings or to play our game, it's like I'm better after, you know, because mm-hmm. it's sort of like recharging for me. No, I, I completely agree. And I, and I think it's so important again, just being a conscious partner and not have it necessarily get to the point where your partner is telling you, Hey, I need this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to do this. And, you know, if Stephanie wants to go get her hair done or you know, get a manicure or something like that, I'm the first person to be like, go. Yeah, go do it. <laughs> go do it. Yeah. And when she comes back, she'll almost like work extra hard when she comes back uh-huh. from stuff like that yeah. to be like, Oh, you've been with the kid. Uh, you've been with Thea, you know, for a long time. And I'm like, I tell her, I'm like, I'm literally not doing anything you don't already do. <laughs> so don't, you know, we can appreciate each other being there for one another, but like, it's not, it's not this like crazy gesture. You know what I mean? Of like, oh, woe is me. I had to spend <laughs> two and a half hours with my daughter with my by myself. Daughter. <laughs> ah! <laughs> you know? I might feel that way sometimes when she's shitting all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but it's really important for me to not only acknowledge in myself, but acknowledge in the space between us that like that this is the way it's supposed to work. Right. And And this is the way it's supposed to be. And that it's important for her to have a self-identity outside of our daughter and especially outside of me because our passions line up. You know, she's an artist, a writer. Mm -hmm. She also plays music. Our, Our passions can sometimes get intertwined. And while I love that, and I love sharing that, that we're both like these hippy dippy artists Mm -hmm. in this house. (laughs) It's also really important that she has a self-identity that doesn't involve me at all. Totally. Totally agree. And you'll hear more yeah. about it on the morning connection. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the new show coming oh from, my gosh. <laughs> from Samurai Beat Productions. Bringing in the ladies. Honestly, if we run this long enough, there might be. Who knows? There might be. Or we, or we, or, we could throw one in. Right? Yeah. That'd be cool. What we need to do is set up like a play date where we're in the same spot. And instead of anything, we set up the microphones and just let our wives talk. Mm -hmm. And it'll be under the Midnight Connection banner. It'll just be like a secret episode. Nice. And we'll just take care of the kids. That would be awesome. They can thank us later. I, I do want to involve them more. I do have, not to spoil an idea here, but I, I want to play like a newlywed style game between oh. us. 
Okay. I think I think that would be dope. Okay. And some, but in order to do that, we need a host. This is true. Because it can't be us. What? So, oh yeah, yeah. So if you're an up and coming producer, <laughs> <laughs> hit us up. We're higher now. No. We get Ivan to do it. Ivan will do it. Ivan would be great at that, actually. Yeah. We do we do like family games in the holidays, so he could totally do it. And we should also say that somehow, some way, we've crossed a threshold of getting a hundred plays. Yeah, one hundred plus total plays. Don't know who you are, but thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Because you know we're checking we're checking those numbers every day. Yeah. Multiple times a day. Exactly. <laughs> every little <laughs> especially, bit. Especially especially on release days. I love seeing who listens on release. Because I'm like, oh, you have subscribed. <laughs> you're you're, all, you're you're current with the show. Absolutely, <laughs> we really super appreciate it, and and uh, all of the feedback you guys have been giving has been fantastic. Thank you. Yes, well, I think that's actually going to do it for us tonight on the Midnight Connection. Want to thank you guys very much for sticking around and listening to the rants and ravings of two dads at three in the morning. We are super thankful to be able to do this and create this product. A big shout out to our wives and families who put up with us. A thousand percent. Doing, doing this kind of stuff and who don't mind us talking about them on air <laughs> to all the dozens of people listening. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll find out. <laughs> or this could be they- the last show we do. <laughs> <laughs> but and thank you to you guys listening Every little bit helps, you know, if you share the podcast with one other person who might be interested in any of the topics that we talk about, or if you subscribe or leave a good rating on the platform of your choice, all of that helps us out. We're really about this and committing to growing it. And we're super excited to see what comes down the pipeline. You know, we don't want to be super structured, want to be loose. We want to be entertaining. So if you guys have any ideas or suggestions or questions, topics, you can reach out to us either through our social media on Instagram, the Midnight Connection Pod, or email us at the Midnight Connection Pod at gmail.com. But that is going to do it tonight. Uh, my name is Eddie and my co-host Chris. We want to wish you guys a great week and we'll catch you next time at midnight. Thanks for tuning in to The Midnight Connection. The Midnight Connection is a product and trademark of Samurai Beat LLC, which is a fan-funded organization made for you and made possible by you at patreon.com slash samurai beat. Support us there and join the conversation by submitting your questions, comments, and topics for future shows. We seek to entertain and build a community of adulting gamers like you, and we appreciate your support, your confidence, and your inspiration. Thank you.